Hi, and welcome to KIOS at the Movies. I'm your host, Joshua LeBure, and I'm here with Patrick Kinney and Diana Martinez from Film Streams. Hello. Hi. And today we're talking about the film Assassins. Dia lucu sikit. So dia dia banyak buat lawak. Dia jenis yang macam ramah, happy go lucky macam itulah. Saya so, kita orang tak percaya dia membunuh. Kim Jong Nam has been assassinated. Two women have just been arrested in connection with the murder. Kim Jong Nam was the favorite son of Kim Jong Il, the former leader of North Korea. Kim Jong Nam questioned his brother's legitimacy. He would be considered a threat by Kim Jong Un. He allegedly smeared Viet chemical onto his face, and then he looked into the CCTV camera as if, yeah, I just did that. So what? The women claim they are innocent. If found guilty, they face Malaysia's mandatory death penalty. It would look very bad for Malaysia to have somebody murdered in broad daylight at its international airport. We have strong evidence to show that she's been tricked. She was paid a few hundred US dollars. That you come from behind, close somebody's eyes, like guess who I am. She thought that she was part of a prank show. What? This taxi driver introduced her to the North Koreans. He told me how to do acting in the video. Menurut saya itu uang yang sangat mudah untuk. This was a political assassination more than just the two girls being involved. There were eight North Korean suspects. They left the country immediately after Kim Jong Nam's attack. We have presented our case. There is no evidence of political plot. The assassination has been fundamental to Kim Jong Un's leadership. Once he had taken out all his rivals, he had proven his strength domestically. I've been in jail two years. The girls have no one apart from each other. I think these girls are going to hang. In many ways, this is the perfect crime. Assassins is a new documentary by filmmaker Ryan White examining the circumstances surrounding the murder of Kim Jong-nam, the older half-brother of North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un. The film takes a deep dive into the stranger-than-fiction story of two women who believed they were part of a prank show but really were used as pawns by North Korean operatives, featuring interviews with the journalists covering the story, the defense attorney on the case, and tons of archival and CCTV footage from the assassination. The filmmakers do an incredible job at providing much-needed context beyond the headlines that we all heard at the time and unraveling this truly bizarre and convoluted assassination that leaves you feeling deeply for the two women whose lives were forever changed in the process. With that, what do you guys think? I was pretty blown away by the documentary. I, I didn't know how much to expect from it, but it was, I mean, maybe this is an overused word uh, on this show, but riveting. I thought it was riveting. Have you said yeah, riveting really before? Like <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I, I feel like I do all the time. I think you think it in your heart. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the no, riveted I mean, heart. I, I agree with you. I think it was a really interesting documentary. I think it was... Uh, 
it was like a real, really restrained filmmaking, which I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, it really just put like the facts uh, front and center and didn't, uh, you know, try to do anything cute or, or fancy or try to, um, you know, make cliffhangers where there weren't cliffhangers. Like it was just like very straightforward documentary filmmaking. And I really appreciated that. This could have gone badly. Because it's a it's very like salacious subject matter. Yeah, I mean it's not true crime. It's not like a true crime kind of like it doesn't go into that territory. But I feel like it could have. Mm-hmm. Personally, I'm I'm feel pretty done with the true crime genre. Yeah, I feel like this is kind of like um, this takes a a story that could have so easily been um, sensationalized, and it was by the news at the time. You know, I remember hearing the headlines at the time and seeing this film and it putting it into context and letting you know who these people are. It kind of shows me the best of investigative journalism. Um, It kind of reminded me of another film that... um, Did you ever see the film Hot Coffee? No, I never did. Is that about the guy uh, who sued... What was it? McDonald's? McDonald's. Yeah, it was about that. She was an older woman. She was like in her 80s and she... She spilled coffee on her lap and got third degree burns and was hospitalized, had to get a skin graft and everything. And Whoa. and the film really goes into depth with all of that. But at the time, you know, the headlines had just turned into this joke, you know. And I feel like this mm-hmm. yeah. this story kind of went into that territory when it was out. And I thought that this film did a great job at like actually like humanizing the people involved and letting you know the situation they were in and it really gives you the background of these women and it lets you know a little bit more about, um, Kim, Kim Jong Nam and just kind of understanding the story behind it that really wasn't explained in the news because the news was focused on these girls thought they were a part of a prank show and these, you know, and even before that, it was just like mm-hmm. these young women mm-hmm. just randomly, you know, or North Korean operatives and, I think this film did a good job at avoiding what lesser filmmakers would have made into, like you said, like bad true crime. It did a good job. There are a few things, yeah, like just remembering it from the news. I remember this all happening in a much shorter time frame, like, or maybe it was just reported in the West very differently. Like I thought it was very quickly revealed that it was this terrible, tragic misunderstanding where these two women uh, Mm -hmm. thought that they were performing a prank. Uh, but in reality, the trial, they were in prison for a very long time. I think two years. Um, and I didn't, yeah. And I didn't realize, of course, the political complexity of their situation because neither the crime happened in Malaysia, but neither of them were Malaysian citizens. So the like impact that finally like diplomacy took in clearing their names and then also the like intricacies of a different justice system you know they're not being tried in america i think the movie did a really good job of like making it clear what the stakes were and what the obstacles were for them to to get out of this predicament Mm -hmm. yeah and that's one of the things that i found so fascinating about it is that like like i i've never really enjoyed the true crime genre but i do love a court Mm-hmm. movie and like a court focused like whether it's a tv show or like a movie or like a documentary mm-hmm. like i like knowing like not just the procedural stuff but also here like 
the lawyers that they had sure are like so courageous mm-hmm. <laughs> and like so incredibly like well-spoken and so savvy as to like how they have to present their clients in order to like um make them like the most sympathetic and it's like it's a terrible situation that they're in it's like a nightmare situation yeah um and i think the film yeah like it does a really good job at distilling especially for an american audience who isn't like familiar like distilling a whole other justice system for um like an American audience. And I like I found that fascinating. Well, and it right. also does a good job at making it relatable in a sense that like the true crime genre, like I think the the in that genre the most underlooked maybe, but the best kind in my opinion or or at least like what I think is the most socially useful kind is the ones that really put a spotlight on how broken our justice system is oftentimes. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think about like the thin blue line or I think about like the kind that really put a spotlight on um, kind of the injustices that can happen in the system, especially to the le- the less powerful. And I thought that this like made a, it just kind of made that relatable in a sense that like this is also happening in other places. Four unique countries are involved in this story with you know their own very intricate political things going on, yeah. It, but I, yeah, the movie did its best to like make it clear, uh, and I think it did a mostly good job. But yeah, it's sort of like as a an American viewer, I was like, oh, I know nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because one of them was released pretty quickly because specifically uh, Indonesia put a lot of pressure on the Malaysian government. Whereas Vietnam had a good relationship with North Korea, so they weren't they didn't have as much of an incentive to pressure Malaysia to um, let her go. But you know, eventually, you know, one of the best parts was just the humanization of the women, because I feel like a lot of times mm-hmm. these people get lost, and just hearing the history, especially of Siti, um, and you know, just how affected she was, like. Uh, having a baby at 17, working in a sweatshop, like just this life, you know, and, and this like being on this like prank show actually seemed like a really good opportunity. And, you know, it was just so sad that it ended like that and how kind of awful she felt like later on. I don't know. I feel like the, the human of these people got lost in the news whereas this film did a good job at treating them like humans i mean they were both from rural communities who had moved to large metropolises uh you know kuala lumpur and hanoi respectively for opportunities and wound up being duped into this bizarre plot um and i'm sure they were you know targeted they were you know targeted by the people who put the, this plot together is, is people with a lot to, you know, at risk. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things I thought was really interesting was during the trial, kind of speaking to the um, kind of court aspect of it was when one of the police officers was, or one of the investigators uh, was speaking about the trial and, and, uh, the lawyer was actually pointing out all these things who I really loved this, this lawyer. I forget his name, but um, you know, he was really amazing. But this, this officer was specifically like, 
oh yeah, well, I know it's her because, you know, she didn't, she was avoiding touching her bag and then it went to the CCTV footage and she touched her bag. And then it was like, and she was avoiding touching the handrails and like she put her hand on the handrail and she had no idea. She had this like this horrible chemical agent on her, like to her, her hands just had a bunch of baby oil on it that she wanted to get off because it was all icky. The description of the film that we have up, um, which we don't write, by the way, <laughs> the film <laughs> follows the women's trials in an attempt to understand whether they are trained killers or simply pawns. Um, the film answers this question soundly, I think. Yeah. And, and it, and it talks about, I think what you're saying is like these, you know, with, with people who feel like they have like no choices left, like this is like an, like an exaggeration of like the things that people think that they're going to get from like instant fame or like being on a prank show or like being on reality TV or like, you know, these things that, this film could also work as a fiction uh, feature like really well, right? Because I think it also shows like everything's a slippery slope. <laughs> <laughs> um, and But I think the like the filmmaker does a really good job at like not blaming um, the women for like their kind of ignorance and the way that they like get wrapped up in all of this because I think it would right. be really easy in the hands of a different filmmaker, of a less sympathetic filmmaker mm -hmm. to like completely blame them for like the role that they took in all of this and for like not being savvier. But like the thing is, is like, would I be any savvier, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think it would be easy to stigmatize the women. Um, and I think that true crime falls in that a lot where they stigmatize, even if they're mm -hmm. trying to be sympathetic, like if they're trying to stigmatize people who maybe fell into uh, a cultish situation or, or got wrapped up in some like crazy plot or something like mm -hmm. it's, it's easy to judge people and to say that you would never get in that kind of situation. But you know, these women come from completely different lives than any of us like sitting here watching this film. You know what I mean? And that's not even to say that we wouldn't fall for something like that. If we, if, if we were feeling really ambitious right. and wanted to get yeah. out of our situation, yeah. you know, and like some opportunity presented itself. And I just appreciate a film like this that takes those, I mean, really it's like, it is the stranger than fiction situation. You know, it's like, it's like such a convoluted plot, such an in, insane situation um it would be really really easy to sensationalize it and dehumanize all these mm -hmm. people and make it into a big joke and i really appreciate a film that can take this kind of situation and put it in the greater context of of the time and taking this like worldwide story and putting it in that context and then also in such a human context as well this is such a stupid plan that like has nothing to do with the two women who are honestly i think you know the they're painted as victims in all of this uh in by the film which i completely agree with but like the plotters the conspirators <laughs> who came up with this idea it is dumb and like they were caught like they i mean they're not facing consequences but like they're all over cctv like yeah. They know who they were. Like, it is just so dumb. <laughs> I mean, it's dumb, but they got away with it. Because... Yeah, they did, but not because they were... So how dumb no. was it? 
<laughs> well, that's the thing. That's the question is like, uh, it seems like really dumb, but honestly, I don't think that they care that they were all over the, the CCTV. I don't know if they were really trying that hard to hide. I think that they were just like, let's, I, I honestly, like the time I was watching it, I just like assumed that they thought those girls would die as well, that they would, mm. you know, like I just, I don't, right. I think that, yeah. I think that yeah. they weren't even supposed to survive. Yeah. That's a good point. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, but my thought is like, and they if just, all like, of hop, this is just, and they just do that and then they just hop is, on the plane and bail. Like, I know. So why didn't they just kill him is my, my question. Like why, yeah. what was, what is with this ruse? <laughs> yeah. It was a big, big lead up. I don't know. Well, it got yeah. done, didn't it? Like that's the, that's the point. Yeah. They killed somebody. Yes. He is dead. Yeah. Yeah. So I so I mean I think what like Josh is saying is like it doesn't matter that they're everywhere. They did it and they got away with it. Yeah. So maybe it was like the most brilliant plan actually. And I honestly I like the only way that <laughs> the only way that I thought that it could make sense is if they really thought that the girls would not because if they didn't tell them Survive. which it didn't seem like they did, I assumed that they thought that they would probably scratch their face or something at some point and they would be gone too. Sure. And then sure. everyone would have just been like, uh, what? <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Like that does I, make sense. Like, I completely get what you mean by, like, this is, like, really dumb because they're, like, public figures yeah. now. But I think that when you're, like, trying to make a point against, like, a dictatorial regime, like, that, that's the point mm-hmm. is to, like, for somebody to publicly undermine. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you, the whole like structure basically and like if, if you stay hidden and then you like do it really well and you like never get caught then it's really easy to like sweep it under the rug and it doesn't become this big media frenzy and like people are assassinated all the time um mm-hmm. but i think the whole point here is to like be visible to flaunt so, the norms yeah. and show it's, that like yeah. see we're getting away with it so yes and they're just standing yeah. around you know they're just like and then they are laughing together and they're getting back on the plane. Like, it's crazy. I know. It just like, but, but <laughs> it to, makes me so mad that they pulled these two women into this. I know. You know? But there's, de- there's definitely like, um, like a Coen brothers or like Steven Soderbergh movie. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was like, I was going to say like, if this wasn't a documentary, I'd be like, that's kind of no. a dumb script. <laughs> it's a caper. <laughs> yeah. It's it, a bad. It really is Soderbergh like a real caper. life, terrible caper. But yeah, I felt for the women. That was the biggest part with the Well, film yeah, and I'm just I just like was so heartbroken for them and fortunately and yeah. It had a fairly happy ending minus the fact that like you know, the point they make at the end that really no justice was served. Um these women lost yeah. 2 years of their lives. It was just like a kind of a tragedy for everyone involved except for the people who pulled off the really stupid plot. <laughs> Yeah. What films do you recommend people uh, watch on top of this one? I uh, I'm going a different direction. Uh, this is just a film that I think people should see, it, and so I'm taking this as an opportunity to make people see it. Uh, we actually did uh, play it on film streams at home a while back. It's called A Thousand Cuts, um, directed by uh, Ramona Diaz. Um, that follows the journalist Maria Reza as she is. 
um, doing a lot of court battles against um, the Philippine uh, dictator Rodrigo Duterte. Um, it's a fascinating uh, documentary. And, and again, like it kind of shows you, you know, like a different justice system and like a different place in the world. And Maria Reza, you know, comes to America often to like talk about like freedom of the press and First Amendment rights and all of that kind of stuff. And um, I think it's just an interesting pairing if, you know, this film kind of enticed you to want to learn a little bit more about um know foreign governments and uh the way that things work outside of our own justice system so i went with a 2015 uh russian documentary about north korea by filmmaker i'm gonna pronounce it wrong vitale mansky um called Mm -hmm. under the sun uh so i kind of went the direction of just kind of diving more into north korea i find it fascinating and you know disturbing just like anyone else but Mm -hmm. this film i just thought was as as far as like a filmmaker myself this is like my favorite kind of documentary one that's like really understated but tells like a really powerful story and basically this film like they hire basically they get the right to go to like north korea and make a film about north korea but north korea is very specific on like what they can film so they're supposed to be making a documentary about this North Korean family. But as it goes on, they they leave the cameras running. They film like things that are happening in between. And you kind of get you get the idea that essentially um, you're basically understanding how North Korea is telling them to make the film because they're filming everything in between as well. Mm-hmm. And essentially, they left the country early and basically had to sneak the footage out of North Korea because North Korea was supposed to be able to like have final cut on the film. But anyway, they escaped from North Korea with their footage, and they got to release all of this footage that they weren't really supposed to uh, take out of the country. And they tell this like endlessly fascinating story about you know how North Korea controls like information and stuff like that, just with their handlers and all that stuff. And it's really beautiful it's very long takes very quiet film mm-hmm. uh but it really it's paints a really portrait good. of the country yeah yeah and then i will recommend the uh documentary the act of killing which um mm. i thought about a few times mm-hmm. while watching um assassins just because of the region um, this is a documentary about um, the genocide in Indonesia that's widely considered one of the best films of the last decade. If you have not heard of it, if this is the first you're hearing about it, look it up. It is, you can't even be prepared for what happens in this yeah. documentary. It's a truly special movie, um, The Act of Killing. Assassins is available on Film Streams at Home. From KIOS, I'm Joshua LeBure. For Film Streams, I'm Patrick Kinney. And for Film Streams, I'm Diana Martinez. 